The following is a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network, powered by Anchor. And you are listening to this podcast on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network. Whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, and Pocket Cast. However you're listening, and wherever you're listening, thank you for tuning into the program. And you can always follow the show on Twitter. It is at All Andy Elford. It is at all Andy Alfred. It's time to find out where Cinderella is going to be. It's time for the March Madness Tournament, baby! All Andy Alfred has your brackets set and ready to go. Follow the show on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred. As well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. And hey, do you think that you have what it takes to take down Andy in your brackets? Well, step up to the plate. As it is the 5th Annual AllAndyAlfred Bracket Challenge 2022. You can find us on the ESPN Tournament Central. Under the tag... AAA Challenge 22. Two brackets per person, please. The winner gets a prize to be determined by yours truly. March Madness begins on St. Patrick's Day, 3-17-22. Oh, span of a week since I talked to you last, and a lot has changed in the sports world. We're going to cover it all tonight right here on All Andy Alfred. Baseball is back. We'll talk about the CBA and the big moves that have been taking place around Major League Baseball. Conference Championship weekend and week is over. The tournament brackets are out. Have you signed up for our challenge yet? Go ahead and do that right now as we get ready to talk about the bracket. The field of 68 will go to 64 on Thursday. We'll talk about it. The Jackets get the job done against Vegas. A come-from-behind win against Minnesota, but they lose in New York. The Isles, especially. While the Walleye had a good weekend, a good week overall, but I have a little bit of beef with some with a special Idaho player, and I'll get to that tonight on Andy Rance. The Players' Championship has come and passed. A shocking event and shocking news out of the LPGA. And Tom Brady is back. When are we not going to be talking about the National Football League? After all, it's a special week this week. You know why? It's St. Patrick's Day week! Right here! Oh, Andy Alfred! Guess who's back? All oh, Andy Alfred. And a shot at a goal! 24 runs in the span. I'm gonna get shut out. Dumbino! Hit to a home run! Go! Jack! That's way back! Bear down, Chicago Bears. Choo-choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. Sensei. 
And with that, I say, top of the morning to you. And I love you guys. And welcome in to a special edition of All Andy Alfred. Right here on your exclusive home for me. That is with the Anchor Network. And you are listening to me tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network. Whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you are listening, wherever and however you're listening, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for tuning into the show tonight and being and listening to giving your time and hearing what is happening in the sports world as well as what is happening in my life. You can be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred on this day. Today, the 14th of March, 2022, it is Pi Day and it's St. Patrick's Day week. A lot to get into tonight, of course, to talk about a full show. This is going to be a long one tonight. we got a lot to get into, of course. We're going to break down what has happened today as the Players' Championship took place down in Florida. The champion has been crowned as it was a long weekend for a lot of the golfers. We'll dive into the breaking news coming out of the LPGA as the world number one is going to be sidelined for a while. We'll discuss that here in just a little bit. Also, we'll dive into some NFL talks. Of course, since I last spoke to you guys, we've had three quarterbacks that have made decisions on on their time in the National Football League. We'll get into that, and you'll hear my opinions on that. Tonight also, you'll hear the latest Jackets report, as the Jackets had two big home games against Minnesota and Vegas, as well as a ro- quick road trip over to the New York Isle to battle the Islanders. And the latest walleye report as well as the fish took on Wheeling and three straight home games at the Huntington Center against the Idaho Steelheads. Also going to dive into the tournament itself. College basketball is back. The tournament has begun. If you haven't yet signed up for our contest, it is go to the ESPN.com Tournament Central Challenge and you'll look up the group page, AAA bracket, AAA Challenge 2022. That's AAA Challenge 2022. That is the bracket challenge. AAA Challenge 22 is the bracket challenge. Tonight we're going to go over my picks for the NCAA bracket challenge, as well as talk a little college basketball conference championship as well, but lots to get into, but first and foremost, we can all breathe a sigh of relief, our our nation can take a breath, they can smell the hot dogs, they can crack open the peanuts and beer, they can open up the gloves, and open up the programs, baseball is officially coming back, after 99 days 
of no baseball, of owners fighting with players, the lockout is over. It has taken more than three months and the passing of multiple deadlines and the delays of regular season games to get us to where we are today. Spring training has officially gotten underway. The agreement was signed on Thursday the 10th. It was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I'll tell you where I was at. I was at my other job. My co-worker, Logan Camp, was up to me. He says, Andy, base, we're done. The lockout's out. And for the first time in a while, I actually hugged another co-worker, like physically hug him because our, night, our nightmare is officially over. Baseball is back. And it is just great to see it come back. And the fans are loving it. Uh, the players are loving it, coming back to, to play. And, you know, it, it, it's just great to have baseball back. You know, this time of year is so prevalent for baseball. Because we are looking into what 2022 season is going to be and where the movers and shakers are going to be going this season. Which is going to be very, very, very interesting. It will be very, very interesting to see how it all shakes out. But the uh, the ordeal is over. The collective bargaining agreement has been set. Uh, Major League Baseball and the players have come to the agreement. It was ratified by all the owners. Baseball is officially back. Uh, 36 of the 26 of the 38 union leaders voted in favor of a five-year CBA that saw its members make a significant gains in regarding of salaries as well as competitive tax balance thresholds among these areas. The 30 owners have ratified all the deal by a unanimous vote, and Hitler himself, Rob Manford, the face of pointing criticism from the players throughout the process, said he could not be more excited for the future of our game and vowed to work more closely with the PA Executive Director, Tony Clark, in hopes of bringing a noticeable gap. Uh, big moves when it comes to that. There's going to be a lot of things to know. Uh, opening day has now been moved to April 7th. April 7th is opening day, and we'll look at all the schedules for both the Tigers and the Indians, the, not the Indians, but the Guardians now, I have to say the Guardians, and the Reds. Uh, and they will play a full 162-game schedule as scheduled. Spring training camp opened on Friday as, as, as voluntarily opened on the 11th on Friday. Yesterday, the 13th, was the mandatory date. Spring training games will start on St. Patrick's Day, the 17th. Free agency has begun immediately at once the CBA is ratified. Playoffs have expanded down to 12 teams, six teams in each division uh, beginning this season. The National League has also adopted the designated hitter for this season as well. And the CBT is expected to begin at $230 million and grow to $244 million. Uh some big news also out of this is that we're going to have bigger bases for major league for the major leagues going forward to next season. There will also be a pitch count as well, and the shift is now officially banned. So there is that 
for you guys. But it's just great to have it back and to see baseball come back to what it is. And it's just great. It honestly is so great to see. And the and the kids are back in camp. They are working as hard as ever. Uh, we get spring training games that will start on St. Patrick's Day. The Rockies will be hosting the Diamondbacks. You have the Twins in Boston. Uh, Twins playing Boston. And a split squad between the White Sox and Cubs at in Arizona. So there is that for you. So... With that all in mind, let's take a look at some of the news and notes around Major League Baseball. Like I said, once the CBA was officially ratified by all the owners, trading began and ownership began, and the Mariners have made a big splash over the Cincinnati Reds, which is a big shock to me today. Uh, The Reds have dealt Jesse Winkler as well as Eugenio Suarez. In a big trade today. They pick up the third baseman. Suarez. In exchange for right-hander Justin Dunn. Outfielder Jake Farley. And left-handed pitcher Brandon Williamson. The club's number seven prospect. Who headlined who was the headliner in the return for the season. The Mariners have also sent players to be named later that are not included on their 40-day roster. Jesse Winkler, a prominent left left fielder, and most frequently against right-handed pitchers, while with Suarez was the man at third base. So, it's a big trade. It's a big move for that, and that's pretty awesome for both guys. But the Reds now, I think, are in trouble. I think of it twofold that this could be a blessing that we could be offering Joey Votto a bigger deal so he could stay and be finish his career with the Reds, or there's talk that this imploding this team and I just can't see it. And then they also traded away Sonny Gray earlier this week. I did not like that trade. If you wanted to keep Gray and the bull, keep Gray, why and and bolster that rotation? Why would you get rid of him? Get rid of him for basically nothing. It's ridiculous. Matt Olson is now a Atlanta Brave. Olson was with the Oakland Athletics, and the A's will get four prospects in exchange. And it looks like it is going to be the end of Freddie Freeman's time in Atlanta as well. Also, it looks like outfielder Andrew McCutcheon has reached a deal with the with the Milwaukee Brewers. So that's a big move right there from from Texas to Milwaukee. Unbelievable. I mean, we're getting a lot of transactions happening. Of course, the big one that took place was between the Yankees. The Yankees made a huge splash this past weekend. Getting Josh Donaldson and two other and three other players in exchange from from the Toronto Blue Jays in exchange for Giuliano Oshilla and Gary Sanchez, which is a huge trade, trading within the division, which is absolutely astounding, absolutely astounding. So with that all in mind, you know, I'm just glad that baseball's back. You know, we've waited for this. 
So here's how it's going to shake out. We're going to start with first the Tigers. Tigers' first spring training game will be on Friday against the Phillies. That's a 105 first pitch. They'll play Pittsburgh, New York, Toronto. They'll play those four teams in a constant rotation. They'll play spring training games all the way till the 6th of April. There'll be a day off, and then April 8th in Detroit is opening day for Major League Baseball for the Tigers. They will welcome in the Chicago White Sox at a 110 start time. They'll have two game, three game series against the White Sox, and then three quick games against the Boston Red Sox to see how the Tigers will shape up. You know, and Baez coming in, you know, I, I think Cabrera now goes to the DH role. You'll have him play sometimes in the field, maybe on Sundays and maybe on maybe a weekend game, or maybe sometime during the week. But Cabrera is going to be a DH hitter, I think, and I think we're going to see the end of Miguel Cabrera this season, in my opinion. I think this is the last year we're going to see Miguel Cabrera with the Detroit Tigers. I really do. I really do. Now, with the, regarding of the Guardians formerly the Cleveland Indians. The the Guardians will start with spring training games on Friday at 4.05 against the Cincinnati Reds. They'll have Reds, White Sox, A's, Rangers, Padres, Dodgers, Seattle, San Francisco, Oakland again, San Diego, Kansas City, Milwaukee, Dodgers, Seattle, Arizona, Texas, the Cubs, Arizona, and a split squad. And then they'll have a day off on April 6th. And then April 7th is opening day for the Tribe, for the former Tribe, now the Guardians. I'm going to have to get used to saying that. They will open up in Kansas City against the Royals. It's a 4-10 first pitch. A day off on the 8th. And then two quick games against the three more games against the Royals before they head to the Queen City to battle the Reds. Opening day for the, for the Guardians will be at Progressive Field. April 15th, that is against the San Francisco Giants. Three-game series for that, and then a four-game series with the Pale Hose on the south side of Chicago, of the White Sox. Now, regarding of the Reds, well, of course, like I said, the big trade today, Suarez and Winkler is now gone. The question is, where does it all shake out? Uh, like I said, Sonny Gray being moved. It, it, it just does not fit well for the, the red legs. I, I, I don't like the trade. I did not like the trade. When I heard about it, I was absolutely floored by it to get all that for two players. There are key bats, key bats, and key defensive players. Now you got to fill holes. Now you got to fill holes. I, don't, I, I just don't like it. Just don't like it. Well, like I said, they open up against the Guardians on the 18th. They'll have the A's. The Giants, the Cubs, the the Dodgers, Milwaukee, Kansas City. A day off on the 25th, the 26th of March. San Francisco, Colorado, Cubs, Texas, Oakland, White Sox, Angels, Padres, Arizona, Kansas City, and Seattle. They will open April 7th in Atlanta. The banner will be raised in Atlanta on April 7th, and the Reds will be there. Four game series with the Red Legs. With the with the with the with the Red Legs will be the road team against the Atlanta Braves. 
Opening day for the Reds is April 12th against the Guardians. 4-10 first pitch. The next day, a 12-35 first pitch. And then they hit the road. They go to four games out in L.A. And then three games in San Diego before they actually return back home to play the Cardinals for three straight. And then the Padres for three straight. So there is that for you guys. So baseball is officially back. It's good to have it back. And we'll give you all the coverage on that. On all in Elford. And regarding also of a new thing today, also that the league announced, I'll share this with you, that the uh, minor league baseball for the Mud Hens will be opening day. That is as scheduled. Uh, they are going to experiment rules to be tested during the 2022 minor league season. Here is the three rules that they will expand. They will expand the pitch clock all full season leagues. They will also have larger, the larger bases for all season leagues. Also, uh, in Double A in both Class A levels, there will be defense, defensive positioning requirements. And then in Triple A in Charlotte, only in Charlotte for right now, and in Low A Southeast, and also in Triple A out west, expanded automatic ball strike system with challenge will be instituted. And let me read you what they say about the ball strike situation. Because I know a lot of you are going to be interested in this. Which is called Robo-Umps. MOB experience with automatic ball and strike system in low A southeast will continue in 2022 with a new wrinkle. With the system also expanded to AAA. The goal is is to use the technology to improve accuracy and reduce controversy. While coming at those issues in two distinctive ways. By and large, the ABS system will be operated at AAA in 2022, much as it did in 2021, with a whole plate umpire relying balls and strikes generated by Hawkeye tracking technology, which recalibrates at the top and bottom strike zones, bottom of the strike zone based on each hitter's height. Automatic calling will begin on May 17th in AAA West Divisions. It will be used throughout the season in all AAA East games played only in Charlotte, where the Charlotte Knights play at. So, bear with that right there. So, there's that. Opening day for the Mudhens. They open up with Rochester. That will be on the 5th of April, which is a Tuesday. 4.05 first pitch for that one. We'll give you the coverage for that right here on All Andy Alford. As you're listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you are listening, wherever and however you're listening, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning into the show tonight. And now it's time. It's time to go dancing, my friends. March has arrived, my friends. And it's time... To go dancing! It's time to break down the brackets. It's time to see the matchups. And it's time for March Madness 2022. Hi again, everybody. This is Andy Elford coming to you for the Man Cave Studios here in Toledo, Ohio. I hope you are set for the brackets. They have been released. We are going to go through all the brackets. I'll go through all of the conference championship games briefly here. 
before we dive into the field of 68. That was chosen by the committee. And that will start with games starting tomorrow as the first four begin in Dayton, Ohio. Well, first and foremost, start off with conference championship games, of course, that took place last weekend. And we'll start first and foremost, of course, with the SEC. As the SEC tournament took place, as it was the Texas A&M Aggies taking on ninth-ranked Tennessee. And Tennessee in front of at Annalee Arena in Tampa Bay, home of the Lightning, proved to be the SEC champions as they defeated, they defeated Kentucky the day before. And defeat the Aggies by a score of 65 to 50. And then in the Atlantic American Conference Championship game, Memphis. The Tigers of Memphis took on Houston. And Houston does not have a problem. They got a big 71 53 win, clinching their ticket into the dance on Sunday. The Big Ten tournament final took place. And it was a shocking one, to say the least. No Michigan, no Illinois, no Wisconsin. But the Boilermakers come into the dance. But it was a Hawkeye that wins the tournament as 24th-ranked Iowa beats Purdue 75-66, giving the automatic berth for the NCAA tournament to the Iowa Hawkeyes. You also had, in the conference championship game, the Big 12, as 14th-ranked Texas Tech took on 6th-ranked Kansas, and Kansas beating up on the Red Raiders, 74-65. In the Big East tournament, the Creighton Blue Jays, who are somewhat, in my opinion, the upset special. We'll get to that here and why. i say that here in just a second. Took on the took on Villanova and Villanova beats Creighton only 54 to 48 low scoring game in the Big East final in the ACC tournament that took place in Brooklyn Mike Shazetsky and the Duke Blue Devils took on the Virginia Tech Hokies and the Hokies ends Coach K's final. Conference Championship with a loss. Virginia Tech clinches the bid. 82-67. And then in the Pac-12 tournament, second ranked in the country, Arizona took on 13th ranked UCLA. And the Wildcats beat up on the Bruins. 84-76. The Mid-American Conference tournament, you may ask. Well, the MAC saw Akron not only beating Toledo the day before on Friday 70-62 but lifting up beating the Golden Flashes 75-55 clinching the bit of the Mid-American Conference so with all the conference championships settled Sunday at 6 the brackets were released, my friends. And first four games will begin tomorrow night on True TV at 6.40 in the beautiful city of Dayton, Ohio. 
as 16 seeds, Texas A&M Corpus Christi takes on Texas Southern at 6.40 on True TV. And then the nightcap, 9-10, sees 12th ranked teams, 12 seed teams, the Indiana Hoosiers taking on Wyoming. Who are 25 and 8, Indiana 20 and 13. 9 10 tip off uh, tomorrow night. And then Wednesday, 16th seeds matchup again as Bryant, 22 and 9 overall, battles Wright State in Dayton. It's going to be a home game for, that Husk, for the Huskies. Wright State 21 and 13, Bryant 22 and 9. The nightcap, 9 10. Sees 11 seeds as the Rutgers, Rutgers Knights, 18 and 13 overall, battle the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who are 22 and 10 overall. Which we'll see who will go to the West and the South regions. And it all begins on Thursday, St. Patrick's Day. The dance begins. At 12-15, as 11th ranked Michigan, 11th seed Michigan battles Colorado State. But let's look at the bracket entirely, and let's fill one out together. Let's fill it out together from our show tonight. And we will start first and foremost with the West bracket. As the number one overall seed, Gonzaga Bulldogs. We'll take on the 16th ranked Georgia State. I'll have Gonzaga in that one. 8th seed Boise State battles 9th seed Memphis. A good matchup. I think both teams are pretty well matched up. Boise State, the WAC champion. Memphis coming off the loss in the American Conference Championship. I'm going to take the Broncos of Boise State. 5th ranked UConn battles 12th ranked New Mexico State. An upset, in my opinion. New Mexico State over UConn. 4th ranked Arkansas battles 13th seed Vermont in the West Bracket. Book it to a 13th seed winning Vermont over Arkansas. Sixth seed, Alabama will wait to find out Wednesday night who they will play. Will it be Rutgers or Notre Dame? If it's Rutgers, I'll take Alabama. If it's Notre Dame, I'll take Notre Dame. But for right now, we'll book it as Alabama beating the winner of the 11th seed. 3C Texas Tech battles 14C Montana State. I think Texas Tech will get the job done over Montana State. A big one. 7C Michigan State takes on 10C Davidson out of the Atlantic 10. Davidson losing to Richmond, the Richmond Spiders, in the conference championship game. Davidson's overall record 27 and 6. Notre Dame, uh, Michigan State's record 22 and 12. That tip will be on Friday night 
at 940 in Greenville, South Carolina. I have no faith in Michigan State this year. It's sad to say that. I'm taking Davidson to upset Michigan State. Second ranked Duke. Second seed Duke in the Western Conference takes on Cal State University Fullerton. Shoseski will get the job done and win. So then we go to the round of 32 in the West. Gonzaga versus Boise State. Gonzaga. New Mexico State versus Vermont. I'm New Mexico State. Six seed Alabama battles three seed Texas Tech. Give me the Red Raiders. Ten seed Davidson battles the second rank Blue, Duke Blue Devils. I'll take Duke. And that will set up Duke versus Texas Tech. I will take Duke. And New Mexico State versus Gonzaga. I'll take Gonzaga. Which sets up the final the final Elite Eight to be Gonzaga versus Coach K. I will take Gonzaga in the West to win the West. Now let's take a look at the East. The number one overall seed is the Baylor Bears. They'll battle 16th seed Norfolk State. I will take the Baylor Bears. 8th seed North Carolina will battle 9th seed Marquette. I will take North Carolina. 5th seed St. Mary's will find out who the winner will be between Wyoming University and Indiana. If it's Wyoming, I'll take St. Mary's. If it's Indiana, I will take Indiana. But for right now, St. Mary's is the leader in the clubhouse. Fourth seed UCLA will battle 13 seed Akron out of the Mid-American Conference. The Bruins will take down the Zips. Six seed Texas will battle the ACC champion Virginia Tech Hokies. 11th seed in the tournament, I will take Texas over Virginia Tech. The ups, one of the ups, huge upsets, I think, in my opinion, is this one. The three seed, Purdue, takes on 14th seed, Yale. Yale winning the Ivy League, beating up on Princeton. I think they're, the Bulldogs are there. I have Yale beating Purdue. Seven seed, Murray State versus 10 seed, San Francisco. I have the Racers of Murray State, which then sets up the number two seed, Kentucky, battling 15 seed St. Peter. I think John Calipari and his Wildcats will dominate that game. I'd have Kentucky beating St. Peter, which then sets up at the top in the round of 32, Baylor versus eight seed North Carolina in a big matchup right there. I have... North Carolina beating Baylor. The number one, first number one going out will be in the round at 32. Five seed St. Mary's versus four seed UCLA. I have UCLA. Six seed Texas battling the 14th seed Yale Bulldogs. I will take the Bulldogs of Yale. 
upset over Texas. And 7C Murray State will battle in my bracket over number 2C Kentucky. I have Kentucky over Murray State. Which then sets up the round of Sweet 16, which will be North Carolina versus UCLA. I have the Bruins of UCLA beating North Carolina. And then I have Kentucky ending the dream of Yale, which gets to the Elite Eight. Kentucky versus UCLA. And I have Kentucky getting two. The Big Dance. Now let's take a look at the South Bracket. And the number one overall seed is the Arizona Wildcats. And the Wildcats will battle the winner of Wright State versus Bryan. Uh, I think Arizona will easily beat either team, so I think they'll move on over both teams. Eight seed Seton Hall will battle ninth seed TCU. Uh, I have Seton Hall beating TCU in that one. Fifth seed Houston will battle UAB. I think this is a big matchup right here. I have UAB beating Houston in another upset, a 5-12 upset there. But this is the big one, I think, too. I think the Big Ten getting nine teams in the dance is just way too much. And they are not transparent. And Chattanooga will prevail. I have the 13th seed Chattanooga beating the Illini themselves, Illinois. 6th seed Colorado State will battle the 11th seed, which is the Michigan Wolverines led by Juwan Howard and the Wolverines. This is a big test for the Wolverines here. I have Colorado State. Beating Michigan. Three seed, Tennessee, the eight SEC champion, battles 14th seed, Longwood. I have Tennessee beating Longwood. Seven seed are the Ohio State Buckeyes. They will be battling Sister Jean and Loyola of Chicago. I have Loyola of Chicago winning over Ohio State. And then the 2 seed being Villanova versus 15th seed Delaware. I have Villanova over Delaware. So looking at going from the bottom up in the bracket. In the round of 32, Villanova versus Loyola of Chicago. I have Villanova. I have Tennessee versus Colorado State. I have Tennessee. And then UAB versus Chattanooga. I have Chattanooga over UAB. And then Arizona versus Seton Hall. I have Arizona over Seton Hall. And then Arizona versus Chattanooga in the round of uh, in the Sweet 16. I have Arizona over Chattanooga. I also have Villanova over Tennessee. Close. And that means that it will be Villanova versus Arizona for the for the Elite Eight. And then for the winner of that, I have Arizona beating Villanova to get to the to this final four. And finally in the Midwest bracket, the number one overall seed are the Kansas Jayhawks. They will find out who they will play between Texas Southern or Texas AM. Corpus Christi. Either way, I have Kansas beating 
those two schools. San Diego State, 8C overall versus the 9th overall seed. Creighton Blue Jays in the Midwest bracket. I have Creighton over Kansas. 5th ranked Iowa over... 5th ranked Iowa will take on 12th seeded Richmond. Believe in the Spiders. They're pretty good. I'm taking Richmond over Iowa. The Minutemen of Providence. We'll take on the 13th seed, South Dakota. The Bison themselves. I have Providence over South Dakota. Sixth seed, LSU. We'll battle the 11th seed in Iowa State. I have LSU beating Iowa State in that one. Three seed is the Wisconsin Badgers. They'll battle the 14th seed, which is Colgate. I have Wisconsin actually beating Colgate in this one. 7th seed, USC taking on 10th seed, Miami. I have USC beating the U of Miami. And the bottom half of the bracket, Jacksonville State will battle the 2nd seed. Jacksonville State, the 15th seed, will battle the 2nd seed, which is the Auburn Tigers. I have War Eagle, Auburn all the way. So that gets us around the 32 Auburn versus USC. I'll take Auburn over USC. Wisconsin versus LSU. I will take LSU over Wisconsin. Richmond versus Providence. I will take Providence. And Kansas versus Creighton. I will take Kansas over Creighton. Which is this is the Sweet 16. Providence versus Kansas. I have Kansas beating Providence. And LSU versus Auburn, I have Auburn beating LSU, which sets up the Elite, which is the Elite Eight. And that is Kansas versus Auburn, a 1-2 matchup. I have Kansas in the in the Elite Eight. So again, to recap, to recap again, my final four is as follows. I have Gonzaga. Kentucky, Arizona, Kansas. My final four is as follows. I have Kentucky beating Gonzaga and Arizona winning over Kansas. And then for the national championship, I have Kentucky beating Arizona. So, I have John Calipari winning the national championship this year in the NCAA tournament. It's going to be a great tournament, folks. Get your brackets in. Remember, the cutoff date, we're going to extend the cutoff date. We were going to plan it being the first games on Tuesday. We have decided to do it to the Thursday of the first day of the games. For all those that are like myself. 
debating whether or not if if Indiana's going to be in or Notre Dame's going to be in. We're going to extend it now until Thursday. So if you heard the disclaimer at the beginning that we were going to have it until Tuesday, again, I will say it. it is now on Thursday at opening tip, which is noon on Thursday. No more brackets. The winner will get lunch on me, and they'll be on the podcast. That is correct. You will be on the show. We'll have a segment for you. You can have up to 15 minutes to talk. But whatever subject you want to talk about with yours truly and I will have a discussion. So, you win the bracket challenge. And the thing is, you must have a perfect Final Four and your national championship team should would be the winner. So, a perfect Final Four bracket and the national championship. Correct. You get all those two big things. You get it in before noon and you win the whole thing. Lunch on me. And to be on this podcast. Simple as that. Simple as that, my friends. Simple as that. So enjoy the games. It will start all up tomorrow night with the first four games, 640 on True TV. And then it will be expanded on Thursday for all four networks, whether there be CBS, True TV, TBS, and TNT. All four networks will be running games all day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Get the popcorn ready. If you've gotten a vasectomy, enjoy the time. If you're like me, got the teeth pulled out on Friday, got a chance to enjoy the conference championship games. There's that for you. So enjoy it. And this has been the NCAA Tournament Bracket Challenge right here on All Andy Alford. So you just heard the bracket challenge right here on All Andy Alford. As you heard that it will be, for my pick, I have the Kentucky Wildcats winning the national championship over the Arizona Wildcats. So Wildcats in the national championship. It will be a Wildcat somehow, someway winning the national championship. You're listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and however you're listening. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning into the show. And now it's time to hit the ice. It's time for the latest Jackets report. The Jackets coming off of two big wins this past weekend. It's time to fire the cannon. And it's time to put on your Jackets. It's time for the Jackets Report, right here on All Andy Alfred. So it's now time for the latest Jackets Report. When I last left you on the 6th of March, the Jackets were getting ready to battle the Toronto Maple Leafs in a huge matchup at Nationwide Arena on Monday night, the 7th of March. And the Jackets took on the Leafs and gave a good running for the, for the game. But it, in the end, the Leafs getting the better of the Jackets. But I tell you, the chicken parm was pretty huge that John Butchergrass got from uh, Cameron Mitchell at the end of the game. But the Jackets falling short to the Leafs. But it did start off with Mikhailovev getting his 10th of the season from Ingvall and Froff and making it one nothing Toronto at the 8.06 mark of the first period. And then Mitch Martyr getting his second of second 
goal for the Leafs, his 22nd of the season from Bunding, and Lengren, his 12th assist of the season, at the 14:01 mark of the first period, making it a 2-0 game in favor of the Leafs. And then Austin Matthews putting the puck around Elvis Merzlinkis, getting his 40th goal of the season from Martin and Brody at the 17:06 mark of the first period. And the Jackets, after 20 minutes of play, were playing from behind, down 3-0 after 20 minutes. But then in the second period, it did start off pretty well for the Jackets, as it was Sean Corrales getting his ninth of the season from Max Domi, making it a 3-1 game, a minute 45 into the second period. And then late into the period, the maestro himself, Oliver Bjorkstrand, getting his 20th of the season from Gus Nyquist and Andrew Peak, making it a 3-2 game after 40 minutes of play. And then the Columbus kid himself, Jack Roslovic in the third period, on the power play, beating the goaltender, tying the game at three apiece. Roslovic, his 10th of the season from Domi and Nyquist at the 228 mark of the third period. And then Kerfoot, for the Leafs, puts it away. As he puts his ninth of the season from Jason Spezza and Wayne Simmons, making it a 4-3 game at the 419 mark of the third period. Then Matt Bunding, his 20th of the season, putting an insurance goal in from Austin Matthews and TJ Brody, making it a 5-3 game at the 1121 mark of the third period. The Jackets fought back to get it to one as Patrick Line, the bug himself, gets his 22nd goal of the season from Zach Borinsky and, ja and Jakob Voracek. Voracek, his 40th assist of the season, making it a 5-4 game, but that was the final as the Jackets fall at Nationwide Arena to the Toronto Maple Leafs by a score of 5-4. Domi, the number three star, Michael Bunding, the number two star, and Austin Matthews, the number one star. Shots on goal in the game went in favor of the Jackets. They had 35 shots to the Leafs' 33. The Leafs led in the faceoff dot 52% to 48%. Columbus 1 for 3 on the power play. The Leafs 0 for 1. As the Jackets had 9 minutes in penalties. The Leafs 13 minutes in penalties. The Jackets out hitting the Leafs in the game 22 to 9. Out blocking the Leafs 16 to 15. But the Leafs had 3 giveaways to the Jackets 4. But the Jackets had 6 takeaways the Leafs for the Jackets led in the shots department in the second period and third period, while the Leafs led in the first period overall. For the Jackets, it was for the Leafs in the game. It was Peter Morazic stopping 31 of 35, his save percentage of a point 886. For Elvis Merzlikas, he stopped 28 of 33, his save percentage of a point 848. So the Jackets fall to the Leafs on Monday, the 7th of March, by a score of five to four. Two days later, the Jackets then went into the aisle to battle at UBC, U, UBS Arena in Belmont Park to battle the New York Islanders the first time that they were in the new arena. And the Islanders got the better of the Jackets in this game by a score of 6 to nothing, shutting out the Jackets. It all started off with Nelson getting his 22nd of the season from Bailey and Hobson on the power play. It was one nothing Islanders. Then in the second, it was a free-for-all for the Islanders as Josh Bailey getting its fourth of the season from Palmieri and Pollock, making it a 2-0 game. And then Anders Lee getting his 17th of the season from Pellick and Belvenier, making it 3-0 at the 1349 mark of the second period. And then shorthanded, on a shorthand to go, is Pagio getting his 10th of the season from Pollock, 
making it 4 nothing Islanders after 40 minutes of play. Lee getting the hat trick overall, getting his making his 18th and 19th goals in the third period, making it a 6 nothing game. That was the final as the Jackets fall to the Islanders 6 to nothing. Elias Skorfkroft, the goaltender, gets the number one star. Anders Lee, the number two star. Josh Bailey, the number three star. Shots on goal in the game went in favor of the Islanders. They had 33 shots on that to the Columbus's 25. The Jackets did lead in the faceoff department at 53% to 47%. The Islanders two for three on the power play. The Jackets were 0 for 5 on the power play. And they gave up that shorthanded goal. You know, this was not our game. I will just say that. It just looked like we were flat-footed the entire time, and it didn't help. It didn't really help that this Jackets team lost this game. But the Jackets had only eight minutes in penalties. They out-hit the Islanders 18-14, to but the Islanders out-blocked the Jackets 18-13. to They also had less giveaways at 13-21 to and seven takeaways to five takeaways in favor of the Islanders. The Islanders goaltender, like I said, Skolkov stopping all 25 for the Jackets, it was Jonas Corposalo getting the start coming back from injury. He stopped 27 of 33. His save percentage was a .181. So, the Jackets fall to the Islanders. They, are, they were on a four-game skid going into Friday night's game against Minnesota. Now, before we get to the, the Friday night game against Minnesota, there was a problem on, on Thursday night with the Jackets' jet in New York. He did not fly out until Friday morning. So they got into Columbus in the early afternoon, got to the rink, skated around a little bit, and pulled basically an ECHL kind of a thing and played that night against the Minnesota Wild. And the Jackets lose two key players in this game. One was Boone Jenner. He's out now for day-to-day with a lower body injury. He is out for a while. But the big one was... Jake Voracek. Voracek taking a huge hit from Marcus Felino, and Felino was suspended for this hit. Uh, was not called on the ice as a penalty, but he has been suspended and hit with a $5,000 fine. Voracek is out with a lower body injury. It looks to be two to four weeks. This is not good for the Jackets. Hopes to continue to get to a postseason berth. However, the Jackets did find a way to get the job done against Minnesota as they were playing back-to-back after losing the night before in New York to the Islanders. The Jackets welcomed in the Minnesota Wild to Nationwide Arena, stopping the four-game skid. It was Igor Chinnikov getting his seventh of the season, starting it all off for the Jackets at the 13-31 mark of the first period. It was Chinnikov from Jake Bean and Max Domi on the power play was one nothing Jackets. And then right before the end of the period, uh, Cap uh, Kaprizov getting his 30th of the season from Matt Zuccarello and Fala on the power play, tying the game at one after 20 minutes of play. And they kept that momentum into the second period. The, the Wild was all over the Jackets throughout the period before Matt Zuccarello at the 13-33 mark of the second period getting his 19th of the season from Spurgeon and Hartman making it a 2-1 game in favor of the Minnesota Wild on a tip shot, beating Elvis versus Lincoln. But then in the third period, late in the third period, the Jackets find the magic. They get into the game. They get into the stretch of things. 
Paul Elvis Merzlinkis, and Zach Warinski beats the goaltender. Tying the game at two, Warinski, his 10th of the season from Bjorkstrand and Nyquist at the 1928 mark of the third period, tying the game, forcing overtime. Both teams did not score in the overtime period, so we head to a shootout. Zuccarello misses. Nyquist misses. Follow misses. Chinikov scores. Kaprasov misses, and I got two words for you. Game over. Jackets. Snap the four-game skid. Get the extra point and win 3-2 to two over the Minnesota Wild. Elvis, the number one star. Igor Chinikov, the number two star. Zach Wierenski, the number three star. Minnesota outshot the Jackets in the game 38-28, to but the Jackets led in the faceoff dot at 54.5% to 45.5%. Both teams won for on the power play. However, Minnesota had 12 minutes in penalties to Columbus's 16. The Jackets out-hit the Wild in the game 20-16, to but the Wild outblocked the Jackets 17-15. to Jackets had one giveaway to the Wild, two giveaways, and the Wild had six takeaways from Columbus's four giveaways. And by the way, for Elvis Merzlinkis in the game, he stopped a solid 36 of 38, his save percentage of a point nine seven zero for the Minnesota Wild. It was Cacklin stopping 26 of 28, his save percentage of a point nine two nine. So the Jackets, a big win on Friday night. Then last night at Nationwide Arena, a big game against the Vegas Golden Knights as they had they played three games in four days. The Jackets took on the Golden Knights at Nation at the Schwide. And it did start off with the bug himself, Patrick Line on the power play from from his office. Banging it past the goaltender making it his 23rd of the season from Gus Nyquist and Jack Roslovic, and it was 1-0 CBJ at the 2-12 mark of the first period. And then it was the Vegas Golden Knights turning up the heat as it was Mersant getting his 25th of the season unassisted, tying the game at one apiece at the 3-13 mark of the period a minute and one second later after the goal. Carrier getting it then his 7th of the season from Roy and Stevenson, making it a 2-1 game. And then the Jackets were being nothing but a Sillinger all night. As Cole Sillinger getting his ninth of the season. Tying the game at 2 from Oliver Bjorkstrand and Dean Kukin at the 11.53 mark of the first period. And then the Maestro then himself steps up to the plate and beats the goaltender, making it a 3-2 game after 20 minutes of play. The Jackets, Bjorkstrand, his 21st of the season from Domi and Kukin, making it a 3-2 game. Then in the second, it was then Cole Stillinger, his 10th of the season from Bjorkstrand and Peak on a tip shot, beating the goaltender, making it a 4-2. And then to cap it all off, Cole Stillinger getting his third of the game, his 11th of the season, a hat trick for the 18-year-old, 5-2 Jackets. From Domi and Bjorkstrand at the 726 mark of the second period. But Vegas was not done. As Dandorf getting his 12th of the season from Colster and Petrangelo making it a 5-3 game. And then the former Buffalo saver himself, 
Jack Eichel getting his fifth of the season in the third period on the power play, beating Elvis Merslinkitz from Corey from Stefanson and Marceau, making it a 5-4 game. But the Jackets found a way to hold on to the puck and get into the empty net at the end of the game as Eric Robinson getting his seventh of the season from Zach Wierenski into the empty net. And that was the final last night at 200 Nationwide Boulevard in the Arena District in our capital city as the Jackets defeat the Vegas Golden Knights by a score of 6-4. Three stars of the game. The number three star was Max Domi. The number two star, Oliver Bjorkstrand. Cole Sillinger, of course, the rookie getting the hat trick, the number one star. Jackets outshot the Vegas Golden Knights in the game 38-27. to They led in the faceoff dot 51% to 49%. Both teams won for on the power play. Vegas won for four with eight minutes in penalties. Columbus won for three on the power play with 10 minutes in penalties. The Jackets out hitting the Vegas Golden Knights in the game 25-12, to out blocking the Knights 16-6. to But the Vegas Golden Knights had four giveaways to Columbus's five, and they had seven takeaways to Columbus's six. For the game itself, for Elvis Merzlinkitz, he stopped 23 of 27. His save percentage was a .852. For the Vegas Golden Knights, it was Thompson stopping 32 of 37. His save percentage was a .865. So the Jackets on a two-game winning streak. Big wins against Minnesota and Vegas. They will have two days off before they head to the capital of the country of Canada. Yes, the Jackets head to Ottawa on Wednesday night. 7.30 puck drop for that one. And then they will come back to the swide on St. Patrick's Day to welcome in Alexander Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals. 7 o'clock puck drop for that one. A day off on Friday. Then they welcome in the St. Louis Blues. That is a 5 o'clock puck drop Saturday afternoon before a long road trip, which sees them go to Pittsburgh on the 22nd. Two days off before they head to Winnipeg on the 25th and then Minnesota on the 26th before returning back to Nationwide on the 29th to battle the Islanders. They head on the 31st of March to the, the Isle to battle the Islanders and then April 2nd against the Boston Bruins. The Jackets, big slate going forward. Looking at the standings going into tonight's play. By the way, only one game on the docket tonight in the National Hockey League, and it actually has just gone final as the Arizona Coyotes beat the Ottawa Senators tonight by the score of 5-3. to three. So now, with all that said in mind, let's take a look at the standings going into this week's play. In the Atlantic Division, the top three teams are as follows. The Florida Panthers in the top spot at 40-13-6 with 86 points. Tampa Bay is in second spot at 38-15-6. With 82 points. Toronto, 37, 17, 5, and 5 with 79 points. Metropolitan Division looks like this. Carolina in the top spot at 41, 13, and 5 with 87 points. Pittsburgh in second at 36, 15, and 9 with 81 points. The Rangers, 37, 17, and 5 with 79 points are the top three teams in the Metropolitan. Wildcard. Looks like this. Top spot in the wild card is held by the Boston Bruins at 36-18-5 with 77 points. Washington, 32-18-10 with 74 points. On the outside looking in are our Blue Jackets, who are 30-27-3 with 63 points. They have played 60 games. 
The Islanders are in fourth spot at 56 games played. They are 24-24-8 with 56 points. The Red Wings 24-28-7 with 55 points. The Devils are 22-32-5 with 49 points. The Sabres 20-32-8 with 48 points. Ottawa 21-33-5 with 47 points. Philadelphia is 18-30-11 with 47 points. And the Montreal Canadiens are in the last place in the Eastern Conference at 16-35-8 with 40 points. One week from today is the trade deadline. Keep that in mind, my friends. Keep that in mind. In the Western Conference, it looks like this. The top three teams in the Central Division are as followed. It is the Colorado Avalanche at 42-13-5 with 89 points. St. Louis 34-17-8 with 76 points. Minnesota 34-20-4 with 72 points. In the Pacific Division, top team is the Calgary Flames at 36-16-7 with 79 points. The LA Kings 33-20-8 with 74 points. And the Edmonton Oilers are 32-23-4 with 68 points. Wildcard standings. Nashville holding the top spot in the wildcard spot at 34-21-4 with 72 points. Vegas 32-25-4 with 68 points. Outside looking in are the Dallas Stars at 32-22-3 with 67 points. Vancouver 29-24-7 with 65 points. Winnipeg 27-23-10 with 64 points. Anaheim who is 27-25-10 with 64 points as well. Seventh spot sees the San Jose Sharks at 26, 25, and 7 with 59 points. Chicago, 22, 30, and 8 with 52 points. Arizona, night with their win tonight, are now 19, 36, and 4 with 42 points. And the Seattle Kraken are 18, 37, and 6 with 42 points. It is Montreal is the worst team in the NHL. News to pass along to you, of course, the big news today is that Austin Matthews has been suspended for two games for his actions on Sunday afternoon at in Hamilton as he cross-checked Sabres defenseman Ramos Dahlin. He has been suspended for two games without pay, and that is not good. And how the incident happened at the 14.55 mark of the third period, he was assessed a minor penalty for cross-checking, but under the collective bargaining agreement, based on his salary, Matthews will have to forfeit $116,402.50. That money will go to the Player Emergency Assistance Fund. Those are for two game checks. He's lost two game checks because of that. Also, it looks like John Mason has been traded to the Colorado Avalanche by the Anaheim, by the Anaheim Ducks. On Monday, the defensive prospect Drew Henson and a second-round pick will be acquired by the Anaheim Ducks. That's interesting. Like I mentioned before, we are a week out away from the trade deadline. Also, some injury news to pass along to you as well. Jacob Chartrand will be out two to four weeks with a lower body injury. Uh... The three stars of the week will be our Patrick Kane, goaltender Jacob Markson, and New York Islanders Andres Lee. The three stars this week in the National Hockey League. Also, Gabriel Langeskog for the Colorado Avalanche will be out indefinitely with a knee injury. The forward had to have surgery. He leads the Avs in goals with 30 goals this season. That is 
tough to see. That is very, very tough to see. So we'll see how it all shakes out as this has been the Jackets Report right here on All Andy All for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and however you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. And now let's hit the pond. Let's talk a little walleye hockey, shall we? It's time to hit the pond. It's time for the Walleye Roundup, right here on All Andy Alfred. So it's now time for the ECHL Walleye Roundup, right here on All Andy Alfred tonight. And when I last left you on the 6th of March, the Fish were a big 7-1 win over the Cincinnati Cyclones. So let's take a look at the week a week that was this past week in the East Coast League. We start with Tuesday night, the 8th of March. as the Idaho Steelheads travel to K-Wings Event Center in Kalamazoo. And the K-Wings have winner 2-1 over the Idaho Steelheads. And then we get to Wednesday night's games. Games around the East Coast League. It was the Lions winning over the Newfoundland Growlers. 5-3. It was Orlando, a 4-2 win over the Jacksonville Icemen. Wooster, a 6-3 win over the Maine Mariners. In a shootout, the Adirondack Thunder beats the Reading Royals by a score of 4-3. Greenville wins 4-2 over the Norfolk Admirals. It was the Fort Wayne Comets shutting out the Iowa Heartlanders by a score of 6-0. And in overtime, the Utah Grizzlies, a 5-4 win over the Kansas City Mavericks. The Walleye took on the Wheeling Nailers at at West Banco Arena on the heart of the Ohio River in West Virginia on a Wednesday night. And the Nailers starting off off on a good note as Armia getting his 21st of the season from Docky and Quittel, making it a 1-0 game at the 16:37 mark of the first period. And then at the 5:26 mark of the second period, it was Hudsinger getting his 16th of the season from Smith and Doherty making it a 2-0 game at the 5:26 mark of the second period. And then in the period, it was a penalty shot was awarded to Tim Doherty on a breakaway attempt, and Caden Fulcher stopped Tim at the 15:37 mark of the period, stopping the bleeding, making it only be up 2 to nothing. But then Mitchell heard at the 11:38 mark of the of that period, making getting his 11th of the season from Matt Berry and Colin Keenan, making it a 2-1 game. That was the final at West Banco Arena on the heart of the Ohio River as the Wheeling Nailers defeated the Toledo Walleye by a score of 2-1. Toledo outshot the Nailers in the game 27 to 25. Both teams were 0 for on the power play. Toledo 0 for 1, Wheeling 0 for 3. In the game, Fulcher stopping 23-25. He has saved percentage of a point nine two nine For clarity, he stopped 26-27. His save percentage of a point nine seven five. So the fish fall to the Wheeling Nailers on Wednesday night. On Thursday, 
the 10th of March. Jacksonville shuts out the Orlando Solar Bears by a score of 3 to nothing. So then we get to Friday night's action. And we'll start with Friday night's game as we'll look around the East Coast League before we look into the Walleyes big series this past weekend. The Lions getting a loss to the Newfoundland Growlers by a score of 6 to 1. Kalamazoo shutting out the Indy Fuel by a score of 2 to nothing. Greenville was a winner 4-1 over South Carolina. The Wooster Railers were a winner 5-4 over the Adirondack Thunder. It was Norfolk 4, Atlanta 3, Cincinnati a big win. The Coneys with a huge 8-5 win over the Wheeling Nailers. And then it was Iowa getting a 6-3 win over the Fort Wayne Comets. Allen a 5-1 win over the Tulsa Oilers. Utah a 3-1 win over the Kansas City Mavericks. Now the Fish took on the Idaho Steelheads in a big pivotal three-game series that took place at the Huntington Center this past weekend. And on Friday night, the Fish were on on the ice. Both teams were feeling their oats out, in my opinion, through the first 20 minutes of play. They, both teams were not giving an inch. But then it was Randy Gazzola getting his 10th of the season in the second period. At the 5.45 mark of the period from Hawkins and Hensick, making it a one nothing game. But then Cullen... For Idaho, getting its seventh of the season from Papavis and McCulley, making it at the 732 mark of the period, tying the game at one apiece. Then Toledo putting on the Jets in the third period as Hawkins getting his 18th of the season from Hensick and Gazzola on the Wendy's power play, making it a 2-1 game. And then the Toledo kid himself, Gordy Meyer, getting his fourth of the season from Matt Brary and Mitchell Hurd on Gold Diggers night. The Jackets, a bit, not the Jackets, but the Fish, a big 3-1 win over the Idaho Steelheads. And those jerseys were really, really sharp looking. I got to give credit to the to the Walleye staff and the Walleye, walleye for that. They, they, they hit the park out. Uh, but I will say this, Billy Christopoulos had, what a great game this kid had on Friday night. Stopping everything in front of him, except for the Colin goal. Uh, had an open net, went and reached across, and it was a great save by Billy Christopoulos. He gets the win. He stopped 36 of 37 to save percentage of a point, 975. Tome getting his debut start from St. Thomas College University, stopping 32 of 35, his save percentage of a point, 929. The fish. Out shot in the game 37 to 35, but they fished one for two on the power play. Oh, Idaho, 0 for three. The three stars, Christopoulos, the number one star, Hawkins, the number two star, Gozola, the number three star, in front of 6,543 fans that wore majority of them wore the gold digger stuff. Gotta give credit, like I said, they did a fantastic job, and the raffle went pretty well as well, too, to say the least. So the fish, a big 3 1 win. So now, we get to Saturday, and I'm going to talk about this game more because I was in attendance for this game. We're going to we're going to dive into the Saturday game for you first and foremost. The Fish took on the Idaho Steelheads in Game Two of this series, and now, let me just say this: this game was a high-scoring game in the second period. It was high-scoring in the second. That's where all the scoring really took place. But it, it Hawkins had a beautiful shot. In the first period, to beat, to beat, Gipsy. Hawkins getting his 19th of the season from Hensick and Marnette 
one nothing fish. And then the captain, TJ Hensick, getting his 20th of the season from Hawkins and Gazzola on the power play. Making it a 2 nothing game after 20 minutes of play. It was good to see the fish were up in the game. Here's what I said. Second period, Idaho jumps off to the early lead. Cohen gets his eighth from Mitchell. 14 seconds into the period. It's 2-1. But then Hawkins getting his second of the night. His 20th of the season. From Gazzola and Patrick Curry, who comes down from Grand Rapids. Comes to fill in the spot. Gets a goal. Gets an assist. Making it a 3-1 game. But then Idaho really bounces back in that period. In the period. As Lachek from Tugna and Marino at the 6.02 mark of the second period. Making it a 2-3-2 game. Then Idaho then tallies another one in the same period. About two minutes later, Papper for his fifth of the season from Alchek and Cullen. It's 3-3. But then the kid, Patrick Curry, getting his first as a walleye from Hensick at the 13-36. And he went hard into the boards on that goal. He went hard into the boards. Oh, excuse me, that was the third, that was the final goal. Uh, but Curry gets his first from Hensick. It's 4-3 fish. Then Gazzola. Getting his 11th of the season from Hensick and Hawkins. It's 5-3. And the coach from Idaho has had enough. He pulls Kipsey out. And Point comes in. And Point gives up a goal from Ryan Lowry. Third of the season from Boeing and Albert. In the second period at the 17:47 mark, and the fish are up six to three, and then it got messy in the third period. I'll say this. I'll say this really quickly. So the fish, Patrick Kearney gets the goal in the third period, the 7:17 mark of the period. It's seven-three walleye. The fish are up big. Idaho decides to put out their grinders out there. Decides to put the grinders out there. They put Marino and Eric Wardley. Eric Wardley. Okay. Remember this name, Eric Wardley. Okay, so here is the situation. The puck goes down. There's a fight that takes place. Marino drops the gloves. And then Wardley comes from behind and becomes gets a game misconduct. Gets two game misconducts. He gets an aggressor and a secondary altercation misconduct. Marino gets a five minute for fighting. Now, on where I was sitting, I was sitting across. I was basically sitting. Four rows from the Idaho bench. 
Wardley was coming off the bench. The fans were saying some some profanity towards him, you know, and they were, you know, they said you're a bum and blah 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 blah. He goes up to throw the da- Dallas Diamond Page sign, which is the air with like a, a triangle. He doesn't hold it up to his hands. He holds it to his lower abdomen and says the P word about a female genitalia. Calling all the fans that. It's on camera. I have it on camera. I couldn't believe what I was seeing with this. And the fans were, he was doing the altercation. I just couldn't believe it. I honestly couldn't believe it. Well, I'll share you. I'll share with something that I, I sent that video to league office because I was just offended by that. I was really offended by because there was a, a row above us was three. I would say between five and eight year olds that were looking down at, the, at that tunnel, seeing that guy do that. There's no place in the league. There's no place. I know you're frustrated that you've been tossed out of the game. And that you're you're taking your anger out on the fans, but there's no need to say that. And then to make the gesture over it, that is wrong. Absolutely wrong. And he got caught for that. So the league office has got the video for that. I have sent them the video. The league has gotten video from him for this. If you know him, that is one of the ugliest things I have ever seen a person do. Now I can see him like saying like we suck and everything like that, but to use the arrow and then lower it down and saying saying the p word over and over again and shouting to people was absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. So Eric Woodley, Woodley, W A R D L E Y. Tossed out of the game. Martinet and Walters were both uh, penalized. The Jack, the Walleye had a five-minute power play. Could not capitalize on it. Uh, in the third period, Cole Frazier got a double minor for roughing. It was a big hit on the boards. But it was the Fish getting the big win. 7-3 to on Saturday night in front of yours truly. Idaho 0 for 7 on the power play. That was a shocker. Toledo 1 for 3 on the power play. Toledo outshot Idaho in the game 31 to 30. The three stars, Kearney the number three, Curry the number three star, Hensick the number two star, and Hawkins the number one star in front of 7,962 in attendance. And Wordley was just absolutely ridiculous. That was just that was terrible. By the way, the referee was Alex uh Normanland. I got to give credit to him with cooler heads on that. Absolutely got to give credit to that. Uh, other games around the East Coast League that night. Newfoundland was a winner 9 4 over the Lions. Uh, South Carolina falls. Norfolk 3 2. Adirondack a 2 1 win over the Maine Mariners. Florida a 6 5 win over the Orlando Solar Bears. Cincinnati a 5 4 win over the Indy Fuel. It was Jacksonville a 3 1 win over the, Jack- the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. Redding puts 9 on the board, beats up on the Wheeling Nailers 9 1. Kalamazoo falls to Iowa 4-3 in 
the Allen Americans fall to Tulsa 7-3. Utah, big win 6-3 over the Kansas City Mavericks. Now we get to Sunday, the final game of the series for the Fish. Fish took on the Idaho Steelheads, and the, and the Steelheads prevail, getting a series, and the Fish finished this week 2-2 two and two overall. Hawkins getting the goal scoring started his 21st of the season from Frazier and Meyer at the 13-minute mark of the first period, and then Toledo's uh, Parker getting his ninth of the season from Keenan and Albert, making it a two-nothing game. And then in the end, towards the end of the first period, Hauserchek uh, getting his 18th of the season from Kernum, making it a two-one game after 20 minutes of play. But then McBride getting two goals back to back from Idaho. At the 12-11 mark of the second period, his 11th of the season from Maury and Cullen on the power play, making it a 2-2 game. He then scores in the third period, his 12th of the season from Propofus and Kernum at the 227 mark of the third period, making it a 3-2 Idaho game. Patrick Kearney getting his third of the, of the season, third in his second game from Hurd and Meyer. It's then 3-3, but then Idaho's captain, White getting two goals in the in the bottom half of the frame at the 15:38 mark of the third period from Marchant and Brady, and then at the 18:40 mark, putting it sealing it at the 18:40 mark of the third period. White his 21st and 22nd of the season from Marchant on the final goal, and that was the final at the Huntington Center in front of a good crowd of 6,353. The fish. Fall 5-3 to the Idaho Steelheads. Idaho outshooting Toledo in the game 36-35. Idaho 1-for-2 on the power play. Toledo 0-for-3. White the number 1 star. McBride the number 2 star. Patrick Curdy, Curry the number 3 star. Caden Fulcher stopping 31-36 of 36 in the game. His save percentage of a point eight nine five. Uh, for Tomey getting his first professional win, he stopped 32-35. of 35. His save percentage of a point nine five zero. Not much of a game. Marino was then uh, called up to Texas, the Texas Stars, to play. So he did not play in the game. And then Eric Wardley was suspended for his actions on, on Sunday, for his actions Saturday night. And he is pending a league investigation for his actions Sunday, uh, Saturday night at the Huntington Center. So there is that for you guys right there. We'll keep you informed on that and the email I got from the league. We'll keep you informed with that. Uh, other games on Sunday, Newfoundland was a winner 5-4 over the Lions of Travolse. Maine a 5-2 win over the Adirondack Thunder. Adirondack wins 5-2 over Maine, my apologies. Atlanta a 3-1 win over the South Carolina Stingrays. Greenville shuts out the Icemen of Jacksonville 2-0, running a 3-2 win over the Wheeling Nailers. They outscored the Nailers in two games in West Virginia, 12-3. Unbelievable. Fort Wayne, a winner 5-2 over the Cincinnati Cyclones. We have no games that took place today. We'll have two games tomorrow. A morning game in Atlanta. It'll be Orlando taking on the Atlanta Gladiators, 10 a.m. Eastern time. And then tomorrow night, 7.05 Central time zone. Tulsa is in Kansas City. Wednesday's slate looks like this. A morning game at Heritage Bank Center as Kalamazoo comes to Cincinnati to battle the Cyclones. Adirondack at night at 7 o'clock will battle the Maine Mariners. Booster will travel to Travolta Rivers. The Lions at 7 p.m. Greenville is in South Carolina. 
Jacksonville is in Florida, the Battle of the Everblades. Running is in Norfolk, the Battle of the Admirals. And Wichita is in, in Allen to battle the Americans. On St. Patrick's Day, it will be the Newfoundland Growlers taking on the Lions. 7 p.m. Eastern puck drop for that one. Central Time Zone sees the Tulsa Oilers battling the Allen Americans. Also, the Walleye will begin their road trip in the West Coast, the west side of the of the Mississippi River. They'll go to Wichita to battle the Wichita Thunder. 7.05 puck drop, Central Time Zone, 8.05 Eastern. And then the Fish will then be in Tulsa for three games in a row, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So there is those games for you. The Friday slate around the East Coast League. Atlanta is in Jacksonville. Wheeling is in Indy. Iowa is in Kalamazoo. Adirondack travels to Reading. The Lions host the Maine Mariners. South Carolina is in Worcester. Orlando is in Florida. Greenville is in Norfolk. Fort Wayne is in Cincinnati. Allen is in Wichita. Rapid City is hosting Kansas City. And Idaho returns back home to battle the Utah Grizzlies. So, with all that set in mind, let's take a look at the standings going into this week's play. Let's start off with the Central Division. The Walleye, with their loss yesterday, are now 37-15-1-2 with 77 points. Fort Wayne, with their win, are now 30-20-5-1 with 66 points. They're 11 points behind the, the Fish. Cincinnati, 30-23-3-0 with 63 points. The Wheeling Nailers, 30-24-1-0 with 61 points. Iowa, 26-24-6-1 with 59 points. Kalamazoo, 27-27-0-0 with 54 points. The Indy Fuel are 23-27-2-3 with 51 points. In the Mountain Division, sees the Utah Grizzlies at 35-21-2-1 with 73 points. Rapid City, 29-24-4 with 66 points. Idaho, 30-26-2-1 with 63 points. The Tulsa Oilers are 27-25-2-2 with 58 points. You also have the Allen Americans, 24-23-6-1 with 55 points. Wichita, 24-24-8-0 with 56 points. And Kansas City, 27-29-3-1 with 58 points. In the Eastern Conference, North Division sees led by the Reading Royals, who are 32-12, 6-2 with 72 points. The Newfoundland Growlers are 32-16, 3 with 67 points. The Lions are 24-22-3-1 with 52 points. Wooster is 24-22-4-2 with 54 points. The Maine Mariners 24-24-2-4-2 with 54 points. And the Adirondack Thunder 23-29-2-0 with 48 points. South Division it's led by the Atlantic Gladiators. They're 35-18-3-1 with 74 points. Florida 32-17-4-4 with 72 points. Jacksonville 32-19-2-2 with 68 points. And Orlando 29-24-4-0 with 62 points. Greenville 23-24-4-3 with 53 points. Norfolk 20-32-3 with 45 points. And the South Carolina Stingrays are 18-33-6-0 with 42 points. Got to make mention of this, too. I have been misinforming you on a subject with regarding the East Coast Hockey League. I was going off of what they were doing last year, which was the top four teams in each division will play for the Kelly Cup. I was thinking that that is what it was, and it would be just straight to the conference championships. I have been informed now that they will do playoff series and it will be best of five 
going forward. It'll be the top four teams in each division. So if the playoffs started today in the Central Division, Toledo would play the Wheeling Nailers and Fort Wayne would play Cincinnati. In the North Division, Redding would play the Wooster Railers. The Newfoundland Growlers would play the Lions of Travos. South Atlanta would play Orlando. Florida would play Jacksonville. And in the Mountain, Utah would play Tulsa. Idaho would play Rapid City. So there is the for you. I just want to make sure. The Walleye lead the league with 77 points. They're 37-15, 1-2. They're on pace to win the Bramham Cup. And that is a curse. It is like the President's Trophy. It is a curse to have. Give you that. Give you that right there. So that is the latest uh, news around the East Coast League. Give you the news around the East Coast League. Uh, Indianapolis has uh, let go Doug Christensen has mutually parted ways assistant coach. Duncan D'Amato will serve as interim head coach for the remainder of the season. Fuel owner and chairman Jim Hallett says, I would like to seriously thank Doug for the contribution to our team over the past three seasons. The Fuel organization has great respect for Doug and wishes him nothing but the best for his future endeavors. I would like to thank the players and staff for all the hard work over the past season, said Doug Christensen. I am proud of the work that we have done in Indy during these unprecedented times, including the franchise's first playoff victory and help numerous of players achieve their goal to play in the American Hockey League. So he is out there. Transactions, got to make mention of this. Uh, Toledo has added Hayden Verbeek from Grand Rapids, and they have trade. And Pat, Patrick Curry has now been recalled by the Rapids City by Grand Rapids, the Griffins. Uh, let's see here. I wanted to make mention. Uh, Luke Brown, that played for Idaho, Idaho this week, has been traded to the Cincinnati Cyclones. Cincinnati has been. Cincinnati has traded Jack Van Boltrek to Idaho. So it's a player for player trade. Cincinnati has also tr- traded uh, goaltender Agus Redman to the Newfoundland Growlers. And Newfoundland has sent over Newfoundland has not sent a player yet over to them. So there's that for you. And like I said, Wordley is suspended right as of right now, I think for two games, for two games, yep, for two games for the game tonight game on Sunday and the game on Wednesday at home. So there's that for you. There's that for you right there. And that is the walleye roundup and the ECHL recap right here on all in the offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and however you're listening, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning into the show tonight. And now let's dive into some other sports. Talk a little National Football League too as well. It's time to look around the rest of the sporting world, of course, and let's talk a little bit about the National Football League, of course. The big news yesterday is that Tom Brady 
has announced that he will come out of retirement and he will play with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this upcoming season. I can't believe it. I I, I, I was just shocked that you know he retired and he decided, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and play, and he's gonna go back to play for Tampa. So it's gonna be interesting. And to be surprised that their odds for winning the Super Bowl went from twenty to one to ten to one. It's unbelievable, unbelievable. And when we last spoke last week, we were in debating about where Aaron Rodgers was going. Well, it looks like Aaron Rodgers is gonna be staying with the Green Bay Packers. Aaron is gonna be looks like he's gonna sign a four year deal worth over two hundred million dollars. It looks like. That's going to be make him the highest paid quarterback in the league. So that's that that's gonna that's gonna be an absolute shock, and you know that means another four years of us Lions fans having to deal with Aaron Rodgers as a Packers. That's gonna be that you know, that that's just great. That's just that's just great. Uh, the big news, of course, also is that Russell Wilson is on the move. He has been traded to the. Denver Broncos for a slew of players. Uh, Denver getting the Pro Bowl quarterback, the uh, player of the year, in my opinion. That's it, It's a shock to me to see that. It was really, really big, big shock to see that. Uh, a 33-year-old quarterback going to Denver is... It's an interesting, interesting development. Absolutely an interesting development. Uh, so yeah. It'll be interesting. Uh, notes around as well, too, as free agencies keep going. The Browns have released five-time Pro Bowler Jarvis Landry, which is a big shock to me. I thought that they could keep him. Uh, also says they also are... Also, Mitchell Trubisky has now signed a deal. He will be the new quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Polish Pride continues to move his way. Also, uh, it looks like cornerback... Davis is going to be signing a three-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Also, it looks like, if this is right here, J.C. Jackson has agreed to a five-year, $82.5 million deal with the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, uh, Kirk Cousins signs a one-year, $23.5 million deal with the Minnesota Vikings to face not face arbitrary. Uh, looks like the Cowboys are going to be signing uh, Demarcus Lawrence to a three-year deal, helping the Cowboys with cap room. Amari Cooper was traded to the Cleveland Browns for two for two draft picks. That's a big move right there. That's going to see how you know you lose Landry, but you get Cooper. Uh, and that's just going to be interesting. That's just interesting to say the least. Very very interesting. Uh, so yeah. But Brady coming back, that was a little bit of a shock for me. Very, very much of a shock. And, uh, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's amazing that, you know, whatever happens, the NFL tries to rear their head. And, you know what, I'm going to say this for my Andy Rands. So, that's a little taste. So, there's that. The NFL recap for you right now. Uh, today was the final day of the Players' Championship after a long, long, lengthy delay the Players' Championship that took place at TPC Sawgrass in Port Verita, Florida, Florida, as Cameron Smith finishes 13 under par, winning the Players' Championship. Amir Lira getting 12 under par. Paul Casey, 10 under par. Kevin Kistner, 10 under par. And then it was Keegan Bradley at 9 under par. 
and then tied for six with Van Wormer the third at eight under par with Knox, Grimm, and at eight under par. At tied for ninth is Sakura, Odwin, and Ho Victor Hovland seven under par, as well as Dustin Johnson at seven under par. Uh, tied for 13th was Henley, Mitchell, Petrith, Vouray, and Daniel Berger, as well as Homeland, Hatton, and Steele. All tied at 6 under par with Shane Lowry, who was, 13, was tied for 13th at 6 under par. The big one to me was John Rahm. And my dad was watching this today, and he gave me the insight on this. John Rahm, I couldn't believe what happened. He was in contention most of the day, and then what happened if he played the back nine first, he played the back nine first, and then he came up to the front nine at hole four, which is a par four, he shot a nine. A nine. Hitting the water, wall in the water twice. Ending his run. My dad said to me, well, he kind of reminds me of you playing golf. Thanks, Dad. But big win for Cameron Smith. Getting the birdie putt at 17 to really seal the deal and win it. And then win it outright to win the Players' Championship. Uh, in the LPGA-wise, they're over in at the Sauna Country Club. Over in the Honda LPGA Thailand event, Pondona City, the purse was one point six million dollars, and it was it was Nana Nana Cortez Matisse twenty six under par. She finishes in first. X Lin finishes twenty six under par in a playoff with Matt Matson. Celine Boutier finishes twenty five under par. Yang twenty three under par. Brooke Henderson tied for four finishes twenty three under par. Jennifer Cupcho, 22 under par. Jin Lee, 6, 20 under par. Daniel Kang, 20 under par. Uh, you also, Yurasaso, 19 under par. Tie for 12. Leanne McGuire, 19 under par. Tie for 12. Min Lee, 19 under par as well. Well, Nasa Hadakora, 19 under par. Tie for 12th. Emma Talley, 17 under par. Tie for 21st. Uh, Paula Delacour, 17 under par. Tie for 21st. Sarah Schwartzel, 17 under par, tied for 21st. Well, Sue O, 17 under par, tied for 21st as well. Uh, you also had Castron, um, uh, 14 under par, tied for 30th. Stacey Lewis is, finishes tied for 33rd at 13 under par. Jasmine Suwanapura finishes 13 under par, tied for 33rd as well. Jean Lee, 5, 13 under par as well, tied for 33rd as well. And Miriam Sangstrom, 13 under par as well. But the the big news was that uh, what happened this past week, uh, not just what happened off the courts, and that is with um, uh, Nelly Corda. Uh, she was doing a photo shoot, and she felt like her arm was like tight as ever. And so she went to her doctor. Her doctor advised her to go to the hospital. She found out she has a blood clot in her swinging arm, and so she is going to be out for some time. So the world number one is going to be out for a while. So that that's that's a little bit of a shock. But uh, like I mentioned before, the next event for the women are going to be the JBC 
Classic presented by Barbasol, which is the 24th through the 27th. It'll be in California at Avier Golf Course. The defending champion is in B Park. The rankings, by the way, for the LPGA right now at Minji Lee is in the top spot, tied with Jin Young Ko. Daniel Kang is in third. Hannah Green is in fourth. And Brooke Henderson is in fifth in the top in the scoring realm. So there is that for you guys. Also, may mention of this really quickly. Cavaliers played the Clippers tonight. They were a winner 120-111 to 111 over the Clippers. Uh, next week, Monday, the Lakers come to Quicken, uh, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Got to make mention of that as well. So there's that. Um, anything else? Oh, uh, wrestling-wise, got to make mention of this really quick. Our thoughts and prayers are with Scott Hall, the Hall family, as Scott Hall, formerly Razor Ramon, uh, unfortunately, was on life support the last few days. He was taken off life support this morning by his family and unfortunately did not survive it. And Scott Hall has passed on from us in W and from WWE. So uh, Scott Hall was 63 years old and is dead at the age of 63. Uh, also. Our thoughts and prayers are with Big E right now as Big E suffered a broken neck during the show on Friday night on Friday Night SmackDown as he took a uh, basically a belly-to-belly suplex off the top of his head, landed, and was carted off, was taken to a local hospital and found out that he had a broken neck. He is in hospital right now. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out with that as well, too. I like the... You know, the WWE is, you know, safety concerns with regarding of that. They did a fantastic job with that. So, perfect. Perfect with that. So, uh, that's all the other sports that is happening around the sports world. As you are listening to All Andy Offer tonight here, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and however you're listening, thank you for tuning into the show tonight. And now we're headed to the end of our program tonight. It's now time for Andy Rants. So it's now time for Andy Rants tonight, and I want to say thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. And if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts each week right here on All Andy Elford. So I want to give you a health update on myself. Uh, I had surgery on Friday to remove a a wisdom tooth as well as a molar from the back that was causing... um, Discomfort in yours truly. Uh, the dentist, uh, Dr. Fisher from Dr. Fisher's office over there in Oregon, not in Oregon, but in Rossford, Ohio. By the way, call them 419 3327. It's com. Go visit them. And they fixed my smile. They can fix yours in half the time, by the way. Um, we They recommended me to get that tooth removed. Because it was going to cost me almost like $2,000 just to save the tooth. So I decided just to pull it. So I've had stitches. Uh, it was the first time ever that I was... It was my first ever surgery. So I was totally knocked out. Uh, given an IV. Put on a heart monitor. Uh, I was apparently a chatty Cathy the entire time. On the way home. So... Yeah, that was... Uh, I, I'm in somewhat of a... I'm not in pain... 
as much. It's just annoying pain that it's it's there. Um, they're dissolvable stitches, but uh, been keeping my mouth clean, keeping it hydrated, making sure that nothing you know gets in there. And so, you know, uh, keeping your thoughts and prayers with yours with yours truly with regarding of my healing process and everything like that. And you know, I'm hoping that you know it doesn't put a damper on on the festivities going forward. Uh, this week, where um, my fian my my wife, I almost didn't say my fiance, but my wife. And her friends were going to be headed up to Frankenmuth, Michigan this upcoming week. So keep your thoughts and prayers and safe travels. Wednesday into Thursday. Yes, I'll be up there in Frankenmuth on St. Patrick's Day. It'll be the first time ever for that. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, uh, we're doing, we're, me and Amanda are doing fantastic. Uh, Dad's doing all right. Mom's doing all right. My sister's doing fine. So there's the family update. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's time for Andy Rants tonight. And, um, when is it enough, my friends? Uh, the past few weeks have really put dampers on, on sports with regarding of yours truly. Uh, with regarding of last week, um, International Women's Day, is ruined because the NFL has decided to, or Aaron Rodgers has decided to come out and say that he's going to return with the Green Bay Packers, ruining International Women's Day because men are just into that, to not pay attention to women. And then yesterday, uh, the tournament brackets were released at 6 o'clock. At 6.15, the announcement came out from Tom Brady saying, I'm coming back to play in the National Football League and playing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When I was growing up, the NFL, for me, ended during the Super Bowl and then restarted in the NFL, when the NFL draft began. We didn't have all this coverage all the time. And I blame one, per, one network for this, and that's ESPN. The constant spewing of coverage for the National Football League, it, it, it's just ridiculous. We're in, if you look at the stove right now of football, of sports, the NFL is still on a full burner. It should be on the back burner. The NBA and college basketball should be up at the front. Major League Baseball should be up at the front. You know, hockey is on the back burner simmering. And the NFL should be in, in just on a low simmer. Why are we still talking about the National Football League? I know it's the most popular sport out there. But for people, you know, like me that have grown up watching baseball and it being America's pastime, to me, it's because of ESPN and the amount of hitting coverage of let's talk about football, let's talk about football, let's talk about football, have ruined sports like the NHL and the MLB and other things because they oversaturate us with football coverage. Oh, here the latest about free agency. Here the latest about... We never really talked about free agency. Tonight was the first time that we've talked about the NFL since since the Super Bowl. Since we last talked to you about the Super Bowl. When is it enough to just say, hey, 
let's we'll talk about the NFL when the draft comes, which is in April. And then after that, we don't talk about the NFL again until August, July, August. Baseball becomes a prominent thing to that. So why aren't we talking about baseball now? Because, because of Tom Brady being this, this, and this, and Aaron Rodgers being this, this, and this, and Russell Wilson this, this, and this, Khalil Mack this, this, and this. Look, the NFL, in my opinion, and we're going to continue to talk about this on the show, the NFL is becoming oversaturated with television coverage. And it's becoming, a, and we're being drowned by the NFL. The NFL needs to pull back and say, you know what? We don't need to have all this coverage. We don't need all this coverage. We have Ron LeCock coverage with the NFL Network. If you want the NFL, watch it there. I wish ESPN would stop covering that. No, we don't stop covering it once the once the draft happens. Focus in on baseball. Focus in on NBA playoffs. Focus in on the NHL playoffs. Focus in on golf. You know, you invest your money into the NHL and what, you get one game, maybe two games a week on television, but do you have to push them to watch ESPN Plus? It's ridiculous. It's honestly ridiculous. And for me, it's it's one of those things that we just have to stop and breathe. We have to stop and breathe. Because if we don't breathe and don't take in what we've learned from the off from the Super Bowl, we're just going to it's all just going to bleed together and we're just going to drown in the coverage of the NFL. And we need to stop that. We need to stop that. Focus in on the other sports. I mean you realize that we're we're in the start of the MLS season. You realize that we are fully into golf, and stuff, if, if especially if you don't want to listen to this program. Do you realize that? You know. You realize that minor league baseball starting. You realize that all the minor league sports and everything like that. So, no, because you don't hear that. You don't hear about baseball. You don't hear about the NHL. You don't hear about, you hear it briefly on the NBA. You don't hear any of those other sports because ESPN just focuses all on the NFL. And that's why I don't, if I ever came the opportunity to work for ESPN, I would take, not take that job. Because ESPN to me, like I said, all sports goes to the mothership, which is ESPN. I don't like it. I don't like ESPN. I listen, I watch their coverage. I love there are college football games. I love college game day. I do love Monday night football. I do like watching the the NHL stuff with uh, John Butcher Gross and Cassie Campbell Pascal, uh, Leah Hextall. Honestly, I'll be honest with you guys, not the best broadcaster. And not the best broadcaster. A lot of dead air in her talking. And I, I really, really don't like that. I really don't like that. And... Uh, on that subject, I'm going to make mention of this, and I'm, I know I'm probably going to be in the minority because of this, but I'm going to say this. I wish that the walleye would incorporate more people doing color analysts. 
I would like to be a color analyst. Uh, I mean, I like it when they have Kyle Bonus, when they have Rick Judson. But to me, I, and I like her on BCSN. She does a great job with Sports Nightly. But I think Claire Dallas is not the right person to do color for, for ECHL hockey games. I think you need to really consider in bringing in maybe a Ted Tucker or, uh, or Jim McCabe or somebody that you know knows the game more and players more or people or people that know the game and know the city more about the game like yours truly and like a few other people that we know that do do games because to me Claire is not known in the city of Toledo as a Toledo hockey person she's just being adapted and Melzack is pushing her to become that and I really don't like that I really don't like that so if the Wally listens to this I, 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 I love to have an opportunity to be color analyst with Matt Melzack. I think the opportunity would be there, and I can guarantee you it would be a lot more entertaining than listening to Claire Dow talking about in, in stuttering more than anything else. you know. And I, I would like the opportunity to do that. So can we make that happen? Can we make that happen? Push it for me, folks. Send the emails over to the... Walleye regarding of that. So there's that for you. And the other thing with regarding of the walleye is, you know, I, I want to say, I want to congratulate the walleye on a great job with the walleye, with the walleye ticket route, with the ticket raffle. I think, again, like I mentioned before, I think the raffle is the better way to do things than the auctions. I know you get a lot of money off of it, but do you think about it? The raffle brings in a lot of money as well. You have people buying hundreds of dollars of tickets for the raffle, and you know you're, you're all having an opportunity to win instead of outbidding each other. So I wish that they continued that. We could continue that, but I, I did say this: this past weekend was St. Patrick's Day weekend. Some people celebrated it the weekend after. The Walleye are not going to be home this upcoming weekend as Monster Jam comes to town, so they're going to kill the ice. Why not make the ice cream? They have made it the ice cream in the past for St. Patrick's Day weekend. Why didn't they make the ice cream? Why didn't they celebrate St. Patrick's Day more this past weekend? So that's uh, when they asked me for my review of the tickets. That's what I I made mention of that. Why can't they just celebrate St. Patrick's Day more? That's that's that that's just me. That's just me, honestly. So yeah. Uh, I hope you guys have a terrific week. Remember, brackets will be in, have to be in by noon on Thursday. That's noon on Thursday, which is the start of the NCAA tournament. Uh, good luck to all those that are entered into it. Remember, if you can't enter it by having your ESPN app open up, you can open up the ESPN app and, uh, open it up to the pages to your pay to the page, uh, the tournament challenge, and then you would make your bracket and then submit it to our group, which is the AAA Challenge 2022. It's AAA three capital A's Challenge 2022, and like I said, the prize is lunch on me, and you'll get to be on our pot on the podcast here on the Anchor Network. So you'll get to have any segment you want to talk about. Talk about everything. 
bear with it. That's going to wrap it up for all Andy L for tonight, right here on the Anchor Network. Uh, I want to thank you for giving me your time, your effort to listen to into the show tonight. Uh, we will be back next week for another edition of All Andy Alfred. Enjoy the tournament games. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. So until I talk to you guys next week, this is Andy Alfred saying, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice and remember to wear a mask when you're out and about. And to the vic- teams you root for at home, and my teams, go Jackets! Go Walleye, go State, Michigan, or Kentucky, go Wildcats, go Tigers, let's go Reds, and welcome to the league, Guardians, and let's go Hens, and happy St. Patrick's Day to y'all, have a great Great, great, safe, and be responsible. No drinking and driving. Be responsible on St. Patrick's Day. Because victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great week, everybody. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I'll talk to you guys next week for another edition of All Andy Alford right here on the Anchor Network. Love you guys. Well, you know what? Let's take it out. Can we take it out? No, we can't take it out. We'll take it out with some Irish Rover from my good friends over at Happy Old McWhistle. presentation of the all andy alford network powered by anchor you've been listening to andy tonight on the plethora platforms with the anchor network whether it be on apple google podcasts spotify stitcher and bleaker however you listen wherever and whenever you're listening thank you again for tuning into the show tonight you could be a part of our show by following us on twitter it is at all andy alford as well as facebook.com slash all andy alford the podcast is performed each week right here on the Anchor Network.